Hello and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. It's episode 100. Woo! It's our Woo-hoo. centennial. Woo! We've hit, you know, back in the day when I read comic books, issue 100 was a big deal. So I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today, as always, are Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield. Brenda, Matthew, congratulations on turning 100. <laughs> hey now. so uh do you guys thought we'd make it this far or was that just like a foregone conclusion in your minds i honestly never thought about it it's been like three and a half years at this point i i really was not thinking about it either oh well um i guess that just makes me then fine whatever i haven't I haven't been one of the hosts for all 100 episodes. I I joined officially a bit later in. It's like after the first year, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know it's still a lot of episodes. I yeah. But... I was. I mean, yeah. you know, you could you could have. We'll just say you were you you got a hundred okay. under your belt. But it was a sweet. Nobody... We we did a year's worth of episodes and then thought like we should make this better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so gratified that my presence makes it better. And I have yes. been on several of the episodes prior to officially joining as co-host. That is so. true. That is true. Uh, and speaking of making things better, thanks to all of you listeners who have taken our survey. We have taken your advice. So um, you'll notice some of the things that happen in this episode and every episode going forward are going to be a little bit more of what you've asked for because we just love you listeners so much that we're going to do what you ask us to do. Today, we begin with the cloud. And the first thing that I found in the cloud notes, I think is pretty tremendous. And that is an improvement to the quick search bar. Now, if you are a cloud user who uses both Jira and Confluence, when you search in that quick search bar, you're going to see recent items from both locations. And uh, I think that provides tremendous value for users because it's going to give additional context to what they're looking for. If you're looking for the Jira issue, here it is. Confluence issue, here it is. Confluence page, here it is. Have at it. Uh, And, you know, for server edition of Jira, the quick search bar has been notoriously useless. So, you know, any sort of improvement uh, there is a big win in my book. Well, I was going to say, honestly, quick search for Confluence, I, I run into similar problems with. It's slow to load the first time, and then after that, I'm like... I didn't need all of these PNG attachments. I wanted to find a page. <laughs> I always want to go to the advanced search and filter it. It's it's quick search is problematic. Now, Brenda, you had some some anecdotal evidence about the search in cloud. <laughs> yes, um, I my husband's company uses cloud, and um, he. <laughs> I, I rant is the only word for how I can describe what I received. But one of the things that was bothering him was that uh, in their usage of it, that quick search only shows you results from pages you've already visited, Mm. which could be problematic if you're going to the quick search bar to look for something you have not visited, which I could imagine using the quick search bar to do. Um, So just a small sample size, one person, um, but I have heard that the quick search bar maybe isn't quite as fully featured as it could be. Um, so just try it out yourself. 
your your mileage may vary, but uh, hopefully it is a, a useful, robust feature and not limited to things you've already been to in the past. And actually, longtime listeners, uh, or even if you're a new listener and want to go back, episode 14 of Adaptivist Live, I built my mech with Atlassian. Brenda's husband actually joined us on the podcast uh, back in the day, back when the format of this was interviews with uh, people who were using the Atlassian software to get work done. Uh, so we we um, talked yeah. to Ryan, works at a gaming He's, company. He was at a different company back then. That yeah, was different uh, company. Yeah, that Hair was uh, schemes at the time. May twenty seventeen. Yeah, May twenty seventeen back then. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Feeling thought, nostalgic. Well, I have slept so many times since then. Amazing. Time now, put your head back in the cloud, Matthew, because mm-hmm. there is another very interesting feature, and that is a GitHub app on the Atlassian Marketplace. Now, this sort of um, replaces the DVCS connector that's in Jira Cloud system settings. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not sure what this actually means in the long run. I mean, I understand that it's a tool to use to connect GitHub to Jira, but um, how that's going to change the relationship between Atlassian and GitHub, where they are competitors uh, at the same time, mm-hmm. that is that's an interesting one to me. So those are the big those are the two that I picked out from the cloud notes that I think are a little extra. What what do you think, Matthew? So there's a, a interesting aspect here to the GitHub news that. Um, I've been learning more about because I've been investigating this myself in terms of licensing. Uh, so if I want to run a large project, and I want to have a bunch of contributors. I want to have people who are working on the code. I don't necessarily want it to be open source, right? I, I want it to still stay proprietary, but I do want to get, like, I want to build a community around it. And I want to get people contributing and working on this. In Bitbucket, I would have to pay for licenses for all those people. Um, they, for them to be able to authenticate it and, and contribute code, Atlassian does provide open source licenses. You have to fill out some forms and, and whatnot. But if I if I don't want it to be open source, I've I've got to pay for licenses for those people. GitHub, I do not. Um, GitHub has a different licensing model, um, and so there's actually a project I'm looking at doing, where Atlassian stalwart that I am, I'm kind of going like this would be cheaper and easier over in GitHub. I don't have to worry about the licensing, like paying for access for a lot of people, but it doesn't have that integration I want with Jira. Mm. Except now it does. And as more of the product manager, I need access to Jira. Um, but that doesn't mean every contributor does. Uh, so, you know, there's there's some interesting things here with this. I think uh, both in, in terms of um, open source modeling or, or working at scale. Uh, bottom line, I think what this reflects is uh, Atlassian kind of following the money. You know, GitHub is huge. There are a lot of people using it. Uh, you can do some rudimentary issue tracking and commenting there, but it's eh, if you want to manage a workflow, not so much. Integrating with Jira with that, uh, that's that's powerful. That's really nice, and and I think that's why Atlassian added this in. Lots of updates for Confluence in the cloud. Um, I do feel obligated to point out that some of the things that are rolling out in cloud are things that have been in server for years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I read I read it, and I had to read it again, and I went, wait, what? Right, cloud. Um, so um, page actions have been reorganized. Um, the three dots menu um, in your more actions, they're 
organizing those into more logical sections. So you have actions, uh, metadata, and advanced details. Um, and any third-party actions will float to the bottom. Um, so actions that um, you might be used to, just be aware that some things may have moved around in that menu. Um, and it may take some getting used to if you've been using Confluence for a long time. Um, the first, my, my reaction to a reorganization of a menu that any tool I've been using for over a decade is, <laughs> why? <laughs> but um, just be aware that uh, some things have been moving around. Um, the app on Android uh, 1.82 has been released, uh, making notifications easier to manage. Um, Here's one that, that I had to reread a couple of times. You can now add a version comment when publishing. Again, a thing that was in server for from the and beginning. a half. Yeah. From the beginning. You can now add a comment that shows up in the version history. Um, so that's exciting if you are missing that functionality. Um, creating links to undefined placeholder pages. I personally... I know that Confluence is a wiki at heart, but why do you need to create links to pages that don't exist yet? And, and my beef with these is that you can create those links and then forget to create. Why don't you just create the page first? So I have, I have issues with, with that functionality, but hey, it's built into cloud now. So you can do it if you're a rogue and like living on the edge. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could call me Han Solo because I just <laughs> used this feature to outline. Um, I just used it. I really did. And I also would like to be called Han Solo. But no, you wouldn't. Uh, or be Han Solo. Wouldn't that be yeah. cool? I mean, Don't we all? Vintage Harrison Ford, he's the man. Uh -huh. but, Ryan created but, the page first. <laughs> I, I did not. I actually made a table and I did some, some, uh, some linking. And I showed this to my boss and she was like, this is brilliant. And, and then I immediately said, but if you don't click these, you're going to create orphan, you're going to create undefined pages and it's going to come back to bite you. So you got to create see, pages. See, see, the fact that you had to give your boss advice to not click these things because you'd create orphan pages, that right there is the meat of the issue. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just be sensible and create your pages first. <laughs> anyway, that's my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> but now if you want to be an agent of chaos, you can be. Um, let's see. The um, page loading, um, when you're loading the page buttons like edit, pencil, star, etc. Don't move around while the page is loading. Yeah, I can appreciate that very much. Um, and you can add page layouts to the new editor on cloud by typing slash layouts. So cool stuff, not so cool stuff, things I have opinions on. Um, anyway, all of these new things are rolling out to Cloud Confluence in the next few weeks. Keep an eye out for these changes. Moving over to Jira in the cloud, the first one, um, I, I'll, I'll level with you, uh, listeners. I'm reading notes that Ryan has copied into a Trello board. I don't think if I was reading them on the webpage, it would make this any clearer to me why this change was made. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to blame my confusion on Ryan rather than Atlassian, though it's it probably ought to be laid at Atlassian's feet. I mean, I mean, advanced roadmaps for Jira Cloud replace current sprint in the completion date filter with 14 days or the last 30 days. Um, arbitrary yeah. seems odd. I don't know why 
I would want last 30 days or last 14 days. I don't, I haven't looked to see if there's a last X days where I can specify a period of time. Uh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't even comment on this. I'm not an advanced roadmaps for your cloud user. Maybe they were asking for this. Maybe this was the top request. Um, but sprint is something that the user defines. You can define a specific length for it. Having that replaced with a last 30 days or last 14 days seems odd to me, but yeah, I mean, I assume Atlassian has more data than I do. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, with the menu reorganization, Jira Software Project sidebar uh, has changed yet again. Hopefully, they didn't change the icons anymore um, so that at least we can kind of follow those things. But uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, transitioning multiple issues from a queue. So uh, presumably in service desk, um, you can use a selection box beside each request to select it, then transition in the nav bar. It's like a bulk change for transition from the queue, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, if again, assuming this is referring to service desk Atlassian, if you're listening, if I could select multiple issues in a Jira software board and transition them, that would be delightful. I'd really like to be able to do like a grab a whole bunch of issues at once and, and, and do that. I so, mean, you could right click and do the bulk operation in server, but that's not. Well, yeah, but even then, that's kicking me over to the issue navigator yeah, to do a bulk yeah, change. No, and, with you. Uh, I, you know, free of charge, Atlassian. No need oh. to credit me on that. Just steal it Very and make it, make it so. Um, and going along with sort of the, the general search enhancements, we talked about quick search and advanced issue search, there's a change that. Uh, the update page claims will help us find what we need faster. We've commented on this type of language in previous podcasts. I think that's dubious, uh, but maybe, <laughs> maybe. So the, the default query when you would switch from quick to advanced search. So quick search for those of you who you know, may have trouble visualizing, that's where you get the drop downs and, and you can um, use select lists to decide what you're filtering your search by. Advanced search is where you actually type the JQL or you edit it. Um, so by default, when you would switch from quick to advanced search, you would see all issues in the system ordered by last viewed, which I typically find helpful um, because it's showing me stuff that I've looked at recently. Um, that's often what I am looking for. It's something from a day or two ago or a week ago of the like, oh, what was, where was that again? What, what issue number was that? Instead, now it's going to order by created date. Doesn't say if it's ascending or descending in these notes. I don't know if that means like most recently created. That's my guess is it showing most recently created, um, which like I do create issues, but often I'm, I'm working across multiple teams. So I'm more viewing than creating. Um, according to Elastin, this means that the initial list of issues should load faster uh, because it loads faster. You can update your search query sooner. Mm. So again, as Brenda said earlier, your mileage may vary. It'll be interesting to see, you know, hear feedback from people on if, created is really what they're looking for because uh, rather than viewed, I don't know, maybe um, it might as sort of a side note, a, a sort of interesting thought experiment might honestly highlight a difference between the cloud and the server audience uh, where, hmm. you know, server audience, you have longer, you have issues that are longer living, you know, they stick around longer. So created data is a bit less relevant on server, whereas on cloud, my, impression of the cloud audiences it is a much faster like 
you're making stuff. Like you're, you're not looking for a heavy customization of automation. You're just, you're getting in, you're tracking the work, you're doing the work, you're closing the work. Create a date may make more sense in cloud than server. Uh, and the last cloud update, custom fields filtering. Uh, again, advanced roadmaps. Um, you uh, now have some additional custom field types for filters, single choice select, multi-choice select. They've been kind of adding uh, more of these you know, over time. Um, so a few more of those. Uh, we'll link to this page in our show notes uh, in case you want to see for yourself everything that is rolling out this week. Rolling on over to Bitbucket. Um, some updates for Bitbucket Cloud. Um, I need to pause here and give Ryan a little crap for a moment because like Matthew, I'm reading off the notes in the Trello board and there's a whole bunch of little updates with learn more here, which are clearly linked to something, but in the notes in this, or the uh, comments on this Trello card, I, you know, copy nothing. and paste, copy and paste has its limitations. It does. It does. Yeah. I, but anyway, if this update seems a little slim, it's because I'm too lazy to go find the link, <laughs> which is all the way up at the top of the Trello card. And anyway, um, so some things that are rolling out in Bitbucket Cloud, um, you can now manually link or unlink Jira projects uh, from your repo in Bitbucket. You can create an issue on the Jira issues tab, um, allowing you to quickly create a Jira issue from the screen that you're on. Right. Another long-standing server feature. Thing in yeah. server, yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, some new ways to display annotations in the pull request view diff on uh, following up with code insights. And then also you can now add a .gitignore file when creating a new repo. Um, what that does is allow you to not retrieve or display large file types. Um, by default, include .gitignore option is set to yes. Um, I don't use Bitbucket Cloud, but this strikes me again as a thing that's probably been in server for some time. It's been in, in Git for a long time. Like this is one of the ones that I read and I'm shocked that it wasn't already there. Yeah, uh, it's like, shouldn't that be one of the, anyway, mm -hmm. opinions. <laughs> and I think that's it for the cloud, right guys? That's, that's almost it for Atlassian. We've got not, a not we got a much in server. Yeah, we got a few more updates. Uh, let's talk about Jira Server real quick. Uh, as as is often the case, the day after our last podcast, uh, Jira Software eight twelve uh, had an update. I think specifically, actually, I'm looking back through it. So we had eight twelve zero the day after we recorded our last podcast, and then already eight twelve one is out as well. Um, that said. Uh, just sort of a few things to highlight for you all. Um, there is an improved user picker. Uh, so they say they've optimized the single user picker behavior to help identify users, uh, displays full name and avatar. Uh, so cool. Uh, behind the scenes, less cool. These types of improvements to user pickers and group pickers are not available to app developers. They tend to be uh, sort of behind the scenes Atlassian things. Uh, which uh, not bitter, but uh, I, I keep running into Just on our product development. Uh, there's a lot of new bitch. components we can't do. Um, 
this one, I don't know. I maybe give them crap for no good reason, but, but we've been running this with user and group pickers. Um, one of the things I, I feel like this podcast is going long that we've just already been talking for ages. Uh, so sorry to ramble episodes already a <laughs> hundred episodes worth of shtick. <laughs> so <laughs> like one of the, the issues that's interesting here to me, um, notably this is in server, not cloud. Maybe it doesn't matter, but like, we've got a picture, we've got first name, last name, email address, username. Like that's a bunch of PII all in a row. And there've been, there's been a lot of talk, especially last year, a lot of talk, like we only want to display like one of these things in, in a place at a time. And like, we really want to be careful about how they're used. And like in the code in the background, we can't call certain attributes of a person anymore to reference them and display that back through things. Um, so I, I like, I think this is super useful and it's always part of that figure out the spectrum between security and usability. Like it's really useful to see all this information about a person, but it, it does seem counter to some of the things they've said before, some of the messages they were pushing last year with security. Now, granted, mm. I didn't, I, I don't think this hurts anything. I didn't, thought it was a little too far last year to be like, you can't use usernames anymore, which, which makes things really difficult. But um, yeah, reporter and assignee both have a lot more data in them than they used to. Uh, along with having more data than they used to, audit log, we've talked about this for a few weeks now, uh, just keeps getting better. Uh, more things going in. Most recently, being able to filter by the summary of the items in the log, changing the retention setting. There's some new events that have come in, so that's sweet. Aren't several of those changes just data center only? Uh, excellent observation, Ryan. Yeah, I'm rolling right along. But uh, the audit log in Jira data center keeps getting better. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This is a DC only change, not in server, um, which is sorry too if we bad. Got any hopes up. Yeah, sorry about that. Because <laughs> I think like filter by category, filter by summary. That's uh, that's really something anybody could benefit from. You could make the case that retention settings is something that a you know maybe a larger enterprise that has uh, certain compliance. You know, statutes it has to it has to follow makes sense, but uh, yeah, they're they're wanting that DC upgrade. Um, support for MySQL 8.0 though, server and DC. So oh. for those of you anxious to to get that upgrading, um, and then the immediate next statement: less app impact on Jira indexing. Uh, so document-based replication feature they've introduced uh, mitigates apps, so like your add-ons, their impact on indexing time and prevents indexing consistencies in Jira Data Center. Uh, so hopefully you're not using too many apps in Jira Server, I, I guess. Um, sorry, Atlassian, don't mean to constantly like, give you crap on this. I get it, I get it. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, We'll link to this one in particular because I think the the document based replication in Jira Data Center is interesting, um, and I think we're seeing. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are moving to Data Center, but in this additional article, if you click through, they've got some metrics with and without the document based replication, and it is a pretty good improvement um, uh, that you see between the the two systems uh, and how they're doing their ex. They're, they're indexing um, the delays that are caused or, or that are resolved by. I'm actually getting to some of the architectural diagramming and go through what this is in, in great detail. 
bottom line makes it faster and more stable. The way they've gone about it, it's pretty neat, but it's only in data center because um, it is a bit more advanced. And honestly, if you're not dealing with multi-node systems, probably not yeah. as much of an issue for you. Um, yeah, uh, just-in-time user provisioning uh, improvements, particularly when you're logging in through SAML, you've uh, you know, integrated with an external user directory. Um, data center only, still very cool. Um, and, and making sure that that authentication works reliably uh, and as expected. Um, and then last couple of things, uh, being able to change the order of statuses as they're displayed on the board. Um, so being able to reshuffle how those are shown uh, and some, some visibility changes for accessibility, some backgrounds and some subtle buttons. A uh, whole bunch of issues resolved in 8.12.0, whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of five additional things in 8.12.1. I think I said 8.2, but 8.12. Um, we're not going to go through all of the, the bugs in detail, but now that 8.12.1 is out, as is often the case, we typically recommend you wait till the first point release. That point release is here as of 7 September, yesterday, uh, the day we're recording this live podcast that's not live. So 8.12.1, I think, is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, definitely worth getting onto your staging system, if nothing else. After a wonderful update on the Jira updates, I will take only a moment of your time because the Confluence server updates are important, yet not many. Um, Confluence 7.7 um, released on September 1st, it looks like. Um, fixes some bugs. These are very irritating bugs. And the first one, um, just following my theme of add the things you're going to link to first, one of these bugs is if, you, if you're in collaborative editing and you create a page where you're linking to an image that you haven't yet attached to the page, it will display unknown attachments. Shocking. So, uh, it's been fixed. If you're an agent of chaos and you want to create your HTML for your images before you've uploaded them to the page, um, that's fixed. Or you could just attach your images first like normal people. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> solved. The next one, um, if you have more than two page properties macro in a single page, um, and this was looks like it was wow. introduced in 7.7.0, uh, sorry, 7.7.2, um, if you had more than two page properties on a single page, you would get error, cannot display recursively nested report. That has been fixed. Mm. Um, and then a bug in which if you are using the Excel macro, um, the edit button's only available on the page the Excel sheet is actually attached to. Any other pages using that macro for a, an attachment linked to on another page, you can't edit it there. Um, this was occurring in 7.5.0, has been fixed as of 7.7.3. Um, so if any of those things are impacting you, um, 7.7.3 is the update you want to be on. Also, attach your things or create your pages before you link to them. Pro tip. <laughs> to, to give credit, in this case, it's around collaborative editing, and it's when, you know, <laughs> maybe you're making a document with five other people and somebody goes to attach an image during the editing process and it's coming back with that unknown image. So it's, oh. um, sounds more like a synchrony error. Yeah, uh, it is a synchrony error. Well, um, I'm still going to say though, I don't, 
like editing collaboratively because I don't like other people. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that brings us perfectly to our next segment. And it's about digital etiquette, which some of us have better than others. Not mentioning any names, Brenda. Hey, no. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, Adaptivist did uh, some heavy-duty actual research with over 2,800 technology employees. We did a massive survey and got a lot of great responses. And the first one that... So, we've published this report. And did you know... Did you guys know that... 82% of people say that they're equally or more productive at home versus the office. But are they happier? I believe it. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, are they happier? I mean, yeah, I haven't read the report. Um, I would imagine some are and and some aren't. Uh, I think as, as our CEO, Simon has highlighted, it's less about having to work from home and more about not having the option to go somewhere else. And that's the thing that's that's rough for me is I love working from home. I'm introverted. I need this space. I need quiet. Like I often don't even listen to music when I'm working. Um, but every once in a while, I like to be able to go to the coffee shop and sit with a laptop and and do something for an hour. Can't, can't, nope. can't go to the office see people. Can't bounce ideas. Can't do whiteboarding with a bunch of people. Can't like those limitations are what sucks. So, mm. yeah. Well, the report dove into several facets of our new digital existence or just digital existence in general and found some really interesting results. Um, and it's a, it's, worthy, it's a worthy read. My team actually had a big hand in uh, producing this report. So, and, and I have read it. It is pretty interesting. Yeah, Matthew. Here's one that jumps out at me. 19% of people surveyed say that they don't get out of their pajamas before starting work anymore. Now, one, I'm shocked it's only 19%. But two, it's the use of the word anymore. Because I'm like, I haven't gotten out of my pajamas in years at this point. I mean, (laughs) why would you? (laughs) I actually just ordered ordered some new pajamas so that I have a wider selection of pajamas to wear day to day. I mean... Oh, you know, well, you know, you know, you, you need different weights for the different seasons. Exactly. It's just, exactly. It's just common sense. You got winter coming of up. Course. I gotta get some flannel. That's what it is. <laughs> well, if you'd like to read the adaptivist digital etiquette report, the link to download that report will of course be in our show notes today. In addition to that marvelous report, which our marketing team and Ryan have done a fantastic job putting together. Um, there is going to be a champion hour webinar. This is coming up on the 24th of September, which is a Thursday. It is scheduled for four to 5 PM British summertime. That would be 11 AM Eastern time. Uh, That's 8 AM for me on Pacific time. Um, But this is one, if you use, this is script runner live Q and a with some of our script runner gurus. And if you use script runner, this is a webinar you want to participate in because our speakers are none other than Jamie Eklund who created script runner kind of a big deal in the ecosystem. Uh, Yeah. yeah, People like him, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tiffany Wortham, uh, one of the uh, software engineers who works on software script runner for confluence and for Jira. Um, Johnny Carter, engineering team lead and longtime friend of the podcast team, um, whose knowledge is 
on par with Jamie's and is an all around okay guy. Um, and Reese Lander. <laughs> don't, don't tell Johnny we said that. Don't tell Johnny we said that. Um, Reese Lander currently leads development of ScriptRunner for Bitbucket. So um, if you have any questions around ScriptRunner, this is the hour you want to spend with these four fine individuals um, who can give you all of the details and probably more than you are seeking. It's Again, a, that is the 24th of September, 4 to 5 p.m. British Standard Time, 11 to noon Eastern Time, Thursday, September 24th. It's a great opportunity not just to ask questions about ScriptRunner for Jira, Confluence, or Bitbucket, but how to get them to work together. Because you can actually write scripts that integrate these systems together using ScriptRunner. And you can have people from all three of those. So uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, some things about how we can use those tools better together. There will be a link to the registration page in the show notes. Uh, go ahead, sign on up, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at that webinar. In other podcast news, uh, I am proud to announce the launch of Team Titans Season 2. Uh, and that will be coming up with guests including, so I can't, I, I can't actually give up the names yet. Mm. We, I can't it's a say. mystery. Okay, it is a mystery. But I do have some pretty heavy hitters lined up for this season of, of Team Titans. So um, the Adaptivist Live podcast channel will be switching back to a weekly publishing schedule. Uh, and I believe we'll be starting that uh, either the last, the, the, at the end of September or the beginning of October. But I, I wish I could announce the big one. I wish I could mm. announce the biggest guest. I can't do it yet. Kahuna. But tr- Gotta wait for it. But trust me. It's a big one. It's it is Wait not. It. They're not even from Adaptivist. It's a big deal. Sweet. All right. So we have authors. We have uh, some. Yeah, it's big. It's big. So Team Titan season two coming at you uh, at the end of this month. All right, Matthew, Brenda, hundred episodes, guys. Congratulations. Thank you so much, and thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you. I almost wish we could do more of this. I'm actually <laughs> like, we already recorded everything. I've been looking back through more of Jira 8.12 and seeing like more of the issues closed. Cause there were like 20 something things or 30, there were 30 different stories closed. And I'm like, I kind of want to go back and talk about this. This podcast is already too long. We, we, I, uh, I gotta save, I gotta save our listeners. Gotta save I've our listeners. I've run out of a recording space. Everything. Our hard drive's full. We're done. <laughs> No, literally, that's what happened. All right. So for you listening, for, thank you so much to our listeners. To the next 100 episodes, Matthew, Brenda, always a pleasure. We will see. If you want to reach out to us, get in touch on... Uh, Wherever. Uh, get in touch with us at on social media at Adaptivist.com. Matthew and Brenda, thank you so much for this 100 episodes. We'll see you on the next 100. Cheers. Cheers. you seriously is your hard drive full yes that's embarrassing Isn't you should it, be embarrassed i am <laughs> shame 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 <laughs>